Hi, I'm Hima Batavia, and welcome to Artist Care, a series presented by Newest Magazine. At Newest, we are observing the shifting cultural landscape in Canada. We delve into critical perspectives of our national identity, celebrate Canada's art scene, host honest conversations about its complex challenges, and share ideas to help shape the future of our diverse society. Our hope is that in bringing forward new changemakers, thoughts, and ideas, our stories will influence the global community to coexist in love and harmony. In this first episode, I take a walk with Elisa Alekpala, whose ephemeral land-based sculptural work is nothing short of sublime. Her art is a ceremony and meditation on impermanence that leaves you in a more intimate conversation with the strange beauty of our human condition. She is soft and thoughtful, bringing as much care to her work as she does in the words she chooses to use and share. Here is the episode for Ceremonial Deaths. My name is Elisa Alakpala, and I would like to take this moment to connect to this place and to this land belonging to the Mississaugas, the Anishinaabe, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples. Though my own ancestors come from the Philippines, I would like to honor this place, this soil where we have spread our roots in. A ritual that I often come to comes from a meditative practice. It connects me to my body and my environment. I like to do this when I'm just around nature. And so I would just like to invite those listening to participate in this practice, um, in this ritual. Get into a comfortable position on the land that you are on, whether seated or laying down. You can close your eyes if you feel called to. And I invite you to place your hands on the grass around you, on the rocks, on the soil, wherever it is. Just feel your body connecting with that place. Feel the earth holding you as you hold it. Feel the energy that you are both giving and receiving from your environment. From the trees, the sun, the leaves rustling, or of the waves crashing. Recognize that there is a constant exchange of that energy between all relations. And that by creating this space, this moment to slow down, we're able to care for ourselves, for others, for the land, And in that care that we are putting out, we can carry on 
with the rest of our day, our week, our month, coming back to that feeling of care and reminding ourselves and others to slow down and to make that space. What does this place mean to you? We are at the Leslie Spit. This place is a man-made peninsula um, made from, from my knowledge, uh, construction waste. It has now grown into a really beautiful sanctuary, to be honest. That's what it is to me, a sanctuary and a space for me to reconnect with myself and with the environment. And it gives me I mean, it's such a huge area that it's it's so easy to feel like there's space here to breathe and to just collect my thoughts and to even feel inspired to create work. And how did you discover it? Or do you remember your origin story here? I had first heard about the spit through friends um, a couple years ago. It wasn't actually until the pandemic that I first actually made my way out here. I was working on a commission piece at the time and I was trying to find a site for it. I tried to, to connect with a few other places but didn't quite feel like the work was emerging from being in those spaces. Um, but when I finally made my way out here, I was literally in awe. I was like biking down and I was like, where? how have I never been here before? I, know, I had the same <laughs> Oh, it's like honestly a, it literally is a breath of fresh air being here and so yeah that was my first time being out here was to basically create a new work and that day that I had come out here I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do and where exactly on this massive plot of land I was gonna situate myself but I biked around and then found a nice space where I knew in my body like this was where I wanted to create the work and I made a, a large circle out of bricks collected from the construction material here and I've always come back since then. I'm curious and you sort of started to talk about this but when you come to a place it sounds like you come with the intention to create a work. What does that process look like in terms of what does it feel like in your body? And how do you think about what does it mean for caring for the places that inspire you? So when I set out with the intention of creating a new work, often I don't know exactly exactly what I'm going to be making or where I will be doing that making. <laughs> but I'm guided as I notice things in my environment and really tuning into my body in what I hear, what I might even smell what I feel what I see and allow the environment to 
invite me to create something as a response to what I'm feeling. I feel it has a lot to do with like slowing down. And so anytime I arrive at a place, I really take the time to slow down and notice all these things around me. I'm often so inspired just by these little cues that might often go unnoticed and it brings me joy. <laughs> like seeing something really maybe unnoticeable or small. I'm enjoying this singing in the background. I don't know if, it, if it's being picked up by the sound, but <laughs> um, even hearing that, that's tuning into that to the environment I feel is just such an important part of my practice. And that's usually what I am led by in creating these works. What is your definition of care? Care for me is something that has to do with creating space, allowing for that space to give us the capacity to notice and to pay attention to others, to our environment, to ourselves. What might have influenced that definition? It's definitely a culmination of, you know, all my experiences, but I I think it's really become obvious to me through my practice over the years and how in those moments of creating space, I'm able to notice what's around me and I approach the work that I make with a lot of care. And so I think it's just become really aligned with really the rest of my life in my day to day, in my relationships, but yeah, especially in my practice where it always like trickles in and out of there and to the other areas of life. I'm curious, what did care look like for you as a child? or when you were growing up? A lot of the care has to do with memories of spending time together as a family. There's a lot of memory of being outside in nature. While growing up in the West Coast, uh, like in BC, it's nature is kind of in abundance. So I remember going for bike rides with my brother and my dad all the time, just at like this river, even... <laughs> camping in our backyard really? <laughs> yeah like setting up a tent in the backyard we also would go on camping trips but that was like one of those things where being kids we're not setting up the tent ourselves so like my parents are doing that and to me like it's just those those gestures of care that really stand out um now looking back a lot of the care I experienced I think came in the form of sacrifice I would say and sacrifice from a place of just a parent's love you know I think being a child of immigrant parents, I'm sure so many other people can relate to this where we can look back and see how much our parents had to sacrifice and continue to sacrifice just to provide for the family. And especially, you know, growing into my teen years, I, I wasn't always aware of that. Who cares for you right now? And how do they do that um, in the ways that you need? Of course, my family. Um, Although we don't live in the same city, I think even from a distance, there's, I'm always going to feel 
their care and love, but with people in my, in like closer proximity, they hold space for me, even through not so best versions of myself or on the not so great days, but they continue to, to hold that space and, and make me feel seen and heard. And even though sometimes I'm not always the best at asking for help when I need it, or even like letting people know that I am not in the best state or whatever. I think the people that are the closest and really know me just, they seem to sense it. And I think there's something to be said about not needing to even share words and feel cared for. Just sharing in that energy makes me feel most comfortable. I love that. I think like care is kind of almost a definition of like being in tune and being in like each other's energy fields. And like, like I don't know if you've ever had that experience where you're like really in tune with someone and then you can't feel their energy. And you're like, where are they? Yeah. <laughs> where are they in the ether? <laughs> um, but they probably closed off or gone it within or like whatever it is. That feel that I love that as kind of a definition of care to to even just like consider someone energetically. Yeah. I'm wondering if you reflect on how that's come to be for you. What might be some of the ingredients in cultivating that kind of care in your life? I was in a relationship for um, a couple of years. Several years ago, we we broke up, and at that time. I realized like I really want to focus on myself and I had never really expressed that intention for myself before. So that kind of marks the beginning of, of that shift, I would say. As I started to focus more of my time and energy on myself and even in my practice, that, that was also probably around the time when I started to even explore an artistic practice. This is about three-ish years ago, maybe almost four now. But as I started to do these things, it also allowed me to notice where certain relationships or commitments or just areas of my life might take more priority over others or that really, I guess, sort of energized me. And so by really starting to care for myself and the people and things that were most important, I guess I could say, everything became much more intentional and the care put into those areas of my life, it almost like increased like tenfold in terms of what I was receiving back as opposed to before where I think I, it was easier for me to spread myself too thin. So who do you care for and how do you do it? And maybe it's just the opposite of how you receive it. But I guess if you had to, you know, look at yourself outside of yourself, what does that act look like? What does the language look like? Where does it feature in your day? Actually, even just yesterday, there were a couple of people that, again, these are close, close people that I really care for and that care for me, that I had opened up to about certain things going on in my life right now. They did exactly as I had said earlier, where they, they held space for me and just really listened and, and made me feel supported. And a way that I have found to really enjoy showing care nowadays is by telling people like, I really appreciate you. The way that I really express that through words often is by just thanking people for their energy. Like, I feel like it means so many things. It can mean like their time or their their ears, their physical energy, their emotional energy, their spiritual energy. It's like, it kind of covers all of that. And so I'm just really grateful for that always. And I just like to express that. Even though I also really enjoy showing care through other gestures and actions, it's nice to 
sometimes be reminded and to be able to remind others by expressing it through words. Well, thank you for sharing that. It is really nice to take a pause, be like, I don't take this for granted. Because sometimes that happens in relationships. You're like, of course you're going to listen to me. Of course you're going to hold space for me. But you're like, wait a second. Actually, we're all we're all trying to manage our energy and figure this thing out. Um, so I'm curious, um, maybe if you want to share what your artistic practice is or how you would describe it and how it's come to be. What's been your journey towards your artistic practice? My artistic practice has definitely evolved through the last couple of years. Currently, uh, and over the last year or two, I have been exploring work that respond to my environment. So often this is like being in a, a place like this and taking that time, that care to just feel that space um, and respond to it with usually and most of the time with materials that are just in that area. A lot of the time that's using just natural materials. Most recently I've, I've been creating works with wheat paste and then using plant material adhering to surfaces in more urban spaces. And for those listening that aren't familiar with wheat paste, wheat paste is a natural adhesive made with just flour and water. Um, so like baking flour, all-purpose flour. It's just heated up until it gets pretty sticky. And there was just kind of like by accident or something, I just one day uh, earlier in the pandemic decided to try using it with um, with flower petals and leaves and things like that. Um, it just kind of, I like the idea of this natural material or this natural adhesive that um, sort of fade away with conditions of its environment and working with natural materials already, it, it just kind of made sense to, to tie those things together. And there's a lot of exploration of impermanence in, in this work too. I think that was kind of the, the starting point for, for all of these works that I've been creating over the years. Impermanence seemed to always be kind of at the core. It, it's been sort of like a, a form of, of healing for myself and for acceptance with knowing that everything is, is temporary, but being able to put energy and time into creating a work and, and like being okay with, you know, once I'm kind of take my hands off of it, it's going to, it's going to continue to change over time. And, and oftentimes there will be like little to no trace of that work. I definitely find something really beautiful about that. It makes me feel at peace knowing that I can put a lot of care into something and acknowledge that it it will likely have an end or, you know, will just change over time. I'm wondering, like, what's the, you know, when you contemplate impermanence, like, what is the emotional quality of that? Is it, you know, what is what does that kind of feel like in your body? It's hard to really even, like, put into words what that feels like. To be very honest, when I'm really sitting with it, that there are feelings that, like in my body, it's very much like similar to what I feel with, with like anxiety. And I think there's that fear of, of kind of like the unknown beyond, you know, like what, then what, you know, like it's, especially as like a spiritual person, it's, it's interesting to think about because, you know, there's like this physical body 
that I have, but then trying to sort of like reflect on like, is there anything after that? <laughs> um, it's, it's only really just like barely chipping at the surface of, of those feelings. But I think instead of maybe focusing on the difficult feelings, um, I'm able to embrace like the, the potential of the richness and beauty of, of these experiences of, of the work that I'm able to create of relationships of, and just of life in general. So I think my way of sort of coping with that, with those feelings is like trying to bring beauty to it and acknowledging and accepting that impermanence, really being able to make the most of what time there is, uh, whether it's to create a work or what that the lifetime of that work is or my time here on earth. <laughs> So how do you bring care to your practice? And why is it important based on the themes that you're exploring? Creating space for myself. Um, I'm not always the best at doing this. I try to slow down. Generally in life, it's it's so easy to just like keep going with like the pace of everything going on around you and like trying to keep up. In that context, like I'm not always the best at slowing down. But when I am in a place like like this especially. And when I have that intention of creating work, it really ties to like having to slow down. It's hard to be somewhere like this and especially for myself to not want to slow down and notice everything around me. And I think that slowing down is really important to a lot of the things that I'm exploring because it does create that space to notice my environment and how I'm feeling and what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing. That all ties into the way that I I'm able to respond to the places that I'm in and to really to also really just connect with that environment in creating that work. I'm wondering if there's like a project or um, that you've worked on or that you're working on right now that is sort of pushing your conceptions of care in a different way or taught you an expression of it. I think the work that I talked about earlier that large brick circle that I made out here in the spit. In a way, that work was actually quite pivotal in my practice. It sort of marked, maybe not marked the beginning of, but it, it solidified the things I was already starting to explore at the time of, you know, creating these works outdoors and thinking about impermanence a lot and tuning into my environment, all these things. And so when I was creating that work, it was over two days 
But when we were speaking earlier, you just talked about endurance performance in your own practice and about carrying out something repetitive over a long period of time. And that actually really resonated with me when you said that. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that's something that I think a lot about with my own practice and why I often think about how it is really meditative for me in a lot of these works where, you know, like this large brick circle that I had made, it was really hot that weekend. Uh, yeah, it was definitely quite the process. <laughs> you kind of have to get into that meditative state to to be like, okay, like my body's feeling a certain way, but can I almost like overcome that and work through it? And there's like so much that I learn about that in itself. Like not only my physical sort of strength, especially when working on something like that over like each day, I think I was working on it for like eight hours collecting and carrying bricks and then forming a circle. It had challenged my physical strength and state and also like my mental and emotional and, you know, spiritual sort of state of, of being like, okay, I'm going to continue working through this, even though it is definitely physically exhausting and almost like, what, what, why am I doing this? Like, it's very ridiculous, right? Like you were talking about that with your practice too. And sometimes like, what am I doing? (laughs) Um, It became really obvious that I was putting a lot of care into something that one, like no one's forcing me to do this thing, like you know, so there's that. <laughs> and, you know, like no one's saying like it has to be at this time, you know, on this really hot day and that you have to do this specific task of like collecting these bricks, you know. And and so there's this intention there that is coming from a place of, of care amongst many things where even the aftermath, I'll call it, of both those days feeling really exhausted and mentally and physically and then having to tend to myself after that and reflect on like what I was doing like there's it was there's a lot around care in in that way and I think that work has sort of pushed me to think about care in a way that I might have not really thought about before. So as someone who uh, obviously works with the environment and the land as part of your practice um, I wonder how you've been reflecting on what it means to care for the land um, in this sort of moment in our history as settlers in Turtle Island? I guess like really learning about or trying to learn more about indigenous knowledge and wisdom that really has a lot to do with our relations, all relations, like whether with the land, whether with other people. I feel like I've been learning so much about all these things that really tie to what I had already been thinking about, but sort of finding more of this like origin of where some of these stories come from and even just like made me realize that caring for the land should be no different from caring for myself or from other people like as I said all our relations you know like we're here connected on this land and I think acknowledging that has allowed me to sort of communicate with these environments in um, a more personal and like spiritual way. And even like that time that I speak about, like having slowness and, and making space in these places, a lot of it is not just in what I notice, but almost like what my environment is trying to communicate to me, obviously not through spoken language, but in its own terms. And tuning into that has really allowed me to feel more reciprocal care towards and for the environment and for the land. I love that you use the word communicate. It's like a really beautiful articulation of how that relationship has changed in that like there's a shared language, you know.
I'm wondering how you've experienced care in the artistic community in Toronto or Vancouver. I, I definitely feel like I have experienced a lot of care from the artistic community in Toronto. The way that people have shown and expressed support and interest in my work, I always feel surprised by the response from other people. And there's always some fear or when it comes to sharing work, especially being so close to that work and not knowing how others might react to it or respond to it. I'm always very pleasantly surprised that and very grateful that when I do share the work, I feel very supported by the community. In a way, I feel like currently Toronto, like the artistic community in Toronto, is pretty good with that in general. There's a lot of support in the circle. That's not always the case. And I think in one way that can, like, we can improve. If we think about, you know, how do we strengthen care between artists and art institutions in Toronto, what could that look like? My mind keeps going back to, like, teaching. And so if there's more teaching, more learning between not only for, like, institutions to have offered for artists, but for institutions to learn from artists and maybe for there to be more artists, especially like on a community level um, that are involved in the institutional level where there can be more of that bridging. Why do you think artists should talk about care? When we're able to really tune into our practice and into ourselves, um, it's, it's, so, it's coming from a place of care. And the work that we produce entails so much time and energy and commitment and things that people don't often see on the other end. Um, the audience is typically just seeing like a finished product or something. And I think to have like a full picture of that, you have to see the amount of care that went into the work. And I think to make space for that could also invite the viewer to take more time with the work and to, yeah, I guess like going back to talking about slowing down, having that interaction with art, it's like, it can create such a, a nice space for obviously like introspection and just reflecting on so many things. And if we're just like rushing through it all, we are not allowing ourselves to have that space. I'm wondering how you think about care as a resistance response, as reimagination at a kind of more collective and macro level. Definitely prior to the pandemic, there was less conversation around care, especially on a collective level. I would say things were always framed much more around the individual. Going back to the way I sort of think about care in terms of making space and slowness and all, all those things, being able to, to do that in itself is or can be a response to everything that's that always feels so fast-paced and sometimes like being able to make that space to recognize you know others around ourselves I think it's been nice to see that that's that was happening quite a bit over the pandemic it was it was something that I feel like many have hadn't really experienced before where People were actually, we were forced to slow down, obviously. Um, but through that, we were also starting to tune into others around us and, and try to just really care for others around us. And, 
and to really start paying more attention to those that are most affected by these oppressive systems. There's definitely still a lot of work to be done, but I think just noticing it through the pandemic gave me, and I think, I hope others, it gave others a, a glimpse of hope and that if we continue to try to slow down, not only for ourselves, but for and as a collective, we can start to have more conversations and just like more action towards, just to have more of a caring energy where we're not leaving people out, being more inclusive and reimagining what a more inclusive future or even what it could be right now. And I think it really just takes that slowing down to pay attention to those things. Thank you for listening. This episode is produced by myself, Hima Batavia, edited by Trisha Gregorio, presented to you by Newest Magazine, and generously supported by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. The guest in this episode is artist Elisa Alekpala. You can find photos from behind the scenes of shooting this episode and from Elisa's practice on newest.co. Stay tuned for our next episode in issue six. Last question, I promise. How is this conversation for you? I, I almost feel like we just like went through a portal. <laughs> like, I don't know how much time has passed. I literally don't know what time it is. And I'm, it feels like so much time has passed, but also not. And it's nice, like, to be honest, there have been some light things that have kind of been going on. And in a way, I feel like I needed this, you know, I, I needed this time to just like reflect and um, be, especially in a, in a space that I feel safe and like comfortable in. I feel very at peace. I think that's how this conversation is, has made me feel. Um, this conversation and this place and the, and, and the company. And, and so I think this was kind of what I needed. <laughs> so thank you for that. <laughs> thank you, Alyssa. I loved this conversation and it was very healing for me as well.